So just a little bit about, before we get into the first podcast with uh, Mark Baldwin at the AT&T Pebble Beach Poem, just want to talk about what any given Monday will look like going forward. We're going to be changing the name to The Grind just because with the show coming out called The Grind, we think it's really just a good place to kind of bring it all together into one. So um, there'll be co-hosts at times and special guests. A lot of it is going to look very similar to what any given Monday is, a focus on what life looks like behind pro golf, but just going to have additional people in, uh, going to have some co-hosts. And then when we put out an, an episode, a video episode of the grind, we will have that guest on with some more in-depth talk about their their what the show looked like for them and what it felt like and just a lot of additional content around each episode that we have so any given monday is becoming the grind but really hasn't changed much outside of we'll have some guest hosts and those kind of things so uh, without further ado let's get into the first episode uh, with Mark Baldwin at our about our first two days at the AT&T. The place is amazing. It's unreal. And we just kind of talk about the process of how Mark got here, what his feelings are early, and what his goals are. So let's get into it. All right, Mark, let's start like at the beginning of all of this. We had a connection to the AT&T. And we're like, we're going to send a letter. When that happened, I mean, first, like, say in your email what you said. But then, like, what, let's talk about, as we talk through this process, what your odds you thought you would ever be sitting on this setting about to play in the AT&T. So, Mm. you you wrote an email. How much thought did you put into it? Kind of those things. I put a lot of thought into it. And then I had one of the greatest golf writers in the history of the game editing my letter, Alan Shipnick. So I'm an above average writer. And then I have one of the true greats, you know, like full full on the Jack Nicklaus of writing, who's going to come in and hit the second ball for me. Uh, So... The letter was probably as sharp as it gets, but I, you know, I obviously talked about the Barracuda and what was most important to the letter was about the engagement that we got through social media and just going back through the actual numbers, the data, the 52.8 million impressions from the Barracuda between your account and my account. And what I mean between your account and my account <laughs> is, is really just your account. um so yeah i mean i i felt like look if they're paying attention to letters this puts us at the top of the pile if this is what they're looking for if they're looking if social media is important to them if it's a a, a legitimate fair democratic process (laughs) okay we are at uh the very forefront of the candidates so I'm going to, you know, just given how difficult it is to receive a sponsor invite and given that I played pro golf for 16 years and never received one, I didn't put a ton of stock into it, but I figured this will at least get read. We will at least be considered. And I think we have some people that will vouch that I'm not going to come here as a tourist. I mean, okay, maybe a little bit of a tourist, 
but you know, not full on embarrass anybody mm -hmm. sort of tourist. Yeah. Now, we love the Barracuda. Everybody knows that. Shout out to Chris Hoff, who wrote us a letter that he let us use detailing how their social media impressions improved the week that we that we played there. So obviously Huge shout out to Chris Hoff. And he he's been so helpful in just giving some lending kind of a roadmap for what tournament directors look for. And as long as I've played, I really couldn't have answered that question in any sort of accurate way. And he's kind of open, he's lifted that the veil off of that question. And so, you know, great, just an incredible guy and really helped us out. Yes. So we got a text message. It was kind of back and forth. We had heard rumors that we had a chance, didn't have a chance, we weren't sure. And then Alan sent us a text message is like, hey, I talked, I made a full squeal pitch. Another one, I think it's a possibility we'll probably hear Wednesday through Friday. So that was a week ago now. So like, did you sleep? What were your feelings that week? The week of waiting was somewhat torturous because we had heard not only did that letter get to the front of the pile, but because of all of the outside things that were happening, running concurrent with the tournament, uh, just there's a lot of players that should be here that aren't um, or would typically be here that aren't that all of a sudden the possibility of us getting in was pretty high. And so I'm not gonna lie, my hopes were, were built up much larger than they normally are. And so originally the thought was that the sponsor exemptions were gonna be decided by Wednesday and potentially announced Friday of last week. And we didn't, Wednesday came and went, we heard nothing. And then it was all of a sudden, you know, back to my typical way of, of thinking, which is a lot more realistic. You know, there's, I, I don't say in any way that I'm a pessimist because here I am 16 years after starting my pro golf career and I'm still playing, thinking that I have a legitimate possibility, uh, but certainly came back to earth. Uh, and then Thursday, I just, after Wednesday's kind of letdown, I didn't think we'd hear Thursday. I thought if anything, Friday was the day. Is that what you felt as well? Yeah. And I mean, I, what we had heard was Friday was going to be the day that we would hear and we didn't hear anything. And yeah, I mean, I, I was like, had built myself up as much as you want to tell yourself that it's not going to happen. You really think it's going to happen. And then Friday came, it didn't happen. And yeah, Friday was a, a bummer. Uh, you know, everyone had said at fire pit was like, Hey, I think you have a legit chance. And it wasn't, didn't seem like it was going to happen. And as much as we love the Barracuda, that's seven months away. And when it's in your head, like, Hey, you could be caddying in a PGA tour event. Obviously I don't even can't even begin to know what you felt like. Mm. Uh, yeah, the I Barracuda mean, every... is seven months away or six, <laughs> six months away, right? which might as well have been 10 years on Friday. Sure. Mm -hmm. Every night that week felt like Christmas Eve as a child. And this is Christmas Eve when you were fully invested in the idea of Santa. And, but the problem was there was just a, a massive blizzard across the world. And 
you were worried that Santa wasn't going to come. Yeah. But you were really hopeful he was. But also, you had you've been kind of bad that year. Uh, so, I think Friday came and went, and didn't hear anything Friday. And I felt like I had, I hadn't been delivered coal, because at least that would have been something. I'd been Santa hadn't made it, but uh, but I didn't know if other children had been given Christmas gifts. Right. <laughs> and in that vein, uh, it felt worse. So Saturday goes by nothing. Obviously, Mark and I, at that point, I don't even really just say anything to Mark because there's nothing to say. Sunday comes and we hear that there's still a chance that the final decisions have made. So again, it's kind of that same buildup. Now this part, Mark smartly put his phone on silent or slept normally that night because at 1230 Central, I got a text from Matt that was to Alan and Alex, who are the partners at Fire Pit. Mark and myself that said, hey, man, um, sorry we haven't heard yet. Let's jump on a Zoom call tomorrow morning and just talk about what this process was like. And I found it very, very weird. And that was at 1230, and I pretty much didn't sleep the next day. Uh, That was Monday morning. So I called you, and you kind of caught up. And I mean, my hopes were fully up at that point. What was your thoughts? Yeah, uh, it was a very strange morning, just having woken up to that series of texts. And all of a sudden there, there was like a new lifeblood running through my veins and my optimism. And I thought, okay, we're back. The, the possibilities are ignited again. And uh, I thought, you know, in that call that there was just given Matt Janela's interest in content and his flair for, you know, somewhat of the dramatic and the unexpected that while we'd be talking about something that was somewhat disappointing, there would be something very hopeful within, within that conversation. So Monday comes, I've already detailed that I was at the hemorrhoid doctor and there's never never a great time to be at the proctologist, but this was the best time. (laughs) This was the best time. But the call was right after the proctology appointment. That is a true story. uh, After I got out the doctor, we were setting up the call. Matt sent another text that said, hey guys, I'm really sorry this hasn't worked out. Something along those lines. I just want to talk about it. And Mark immediately called me two seconds after that and was like, come on, man, that must mean we're in. But there was still, again, I felt tortured is too strong of a word, but still like there's in the back of your mind, like Matt really does love content. And so is he really calling to and like talking this up? So we really get into what the week has been like, like, I assume that's the exactly what you were going through. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. I mean, I fall back to what I just said is, is that all of a sudden it reignited hope that this was going to happen, but also, you know, just felt kind of strung along. And now that I'm sitting here after playing two practice round days, uh, very happy to have been strung along. Yes. So we're in the call. The ending for anybody who doesn't know how this turns out. Spoiler. Uh, (laughs) Spoiler. We're on the call. The way it was going, I knew something was going to happen. And for all of us or most of us listening, you have the Zoom call. 
but the ding that someone else was being added to the room came on and that's when I knew. Mm. Yeah. What was your feelings when Steve Johns, the tournament director came on and gave you a spot? I mean, like, is there reflection mark? Is there just, I mean, obviously happiness, but is it bigger picture thoughts or is it just like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm going to like play in the AT&T. You know, it's just doesn't, it's feels surreal. It's just like how, as in my most optimistic, I thought, you know, maybe all of everyone's hope was, had, had boosted, you know, my confidence in this too highly. And, uh, and maybe it was naive, you know, like maybe I had all this, this 16 years of scar tissue that had been built up, uh, had been swept away and, and I'd been given new life, but it validated all of that. And, uh, it was a very weird, strange feeling because honestly, 38 year olds that don't have a, a successful track record on the PGA tour so rarely find themselves in this position. And for Steve to, you know, Steve gets on there and he just says, man, I was just so touched by your story. And f- I've just been become such a big fan of, you know, what you're trying to do and the hope that, that you bring to, you know, kind of your pursuit every day that I wanted to give you this incredible opportunity. And at that very moment where it's just triumphant and it's all just the, incredibly wonderful feelings that you hope to have, you know, uh, and, and so seldomly come all simultaneously. And it's so hard to put words to that. My son bursts in, you know, and, and he hears all the commotion and it, I'm in his room because we've just moved and we're in a small place and there's no other place to do the zoom call. So I've got his crib behind me and he bursts in the room and he jumps up on my lap and he wants to see what's going on. And it's at that moment when we're celebrating and it couldn't have been better. You know, like the first instinct is like, oh, oh no, he's going to ruin the Zoom call in the moment. And then it's like, no, no, this is exactly the yeah, way it should perfect, happen. This right. only makes it better. How do you, like, what has it been your process mentally? Like, you have to block out that like, hey, you don't, you have two starts guaranteed right now. I mean... I know it's so easy to say this is just another tournament, but it's not like we know that like does like, what's your thoughts on it? Do you think, I know you don't, it's, I know you don't think big picture. You can't go like, Oh, what if this happens and this happens, what it means to my career, but it's also only the human nature to know you're 38, four months ago, you were going to quit golf. Now you have this huge opportunity like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you just, as best you can, just block that stuff out? Yeah, I, I think I'm just like Jackson Pollock throwing paint on a canvas right now, you know, and I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know when it's going to be done. Uh, I just know that this is something really special. And it's something that after Q school ended last year and I lost my status, I didn't expect to happen. It just, it all feels, it feels like I'm on a bonus train right now. And uh, I don't know what the destination is. I kind of like the train was, you know, the the train door was open and I just kind of ran alongside and jumped on. And I don't know where I'm going, but I know 
where I was and I, where I'm going is better than where I was. So let's flash forward to these last two days. <laughs> Mark and I have said, so the, the week from Monday until Friday night when we left was basically a logistical nightmare. Mark worked with some companies that we'll talk about in articles. Uh, thank you to Inc. and MGM and Croft School and Golf Tech for all their help. Um, but huge thank you. And, and Pin Golf, who's getting us some, uh, some uh, lasers. But f Saturday morning was basically the first time you could, obviously, there was times of enjoyment. And, but it was a lot of logistics. We were trying to get everybody from fire pit here and figure out cars. And it was all short notice and car. And there's a cameraman cold is following us. So it was logistically a million phone calls and those kind of things. So Saturday morning, between Saturday morning and now it's Sunday night when we're recording this, Mark and I have said, this is crazy or this is insane or holy cow, look at this a hundred times. What have the last two days been like? It's like every moment is just this moment of euphoric zen. It's like, these are the best courses in the world. And we get to be out here and savor them. Um, and like I said, we drove in this morning and I said, this will quickly make you forget the problems, your own personal problems, and the problems that exist in the world. And I almost feel guilty that I think I could get used to that. But it's like so obvious and pronounced as you're walking down a perfectly manicured fairway and you look across and you see the Pacific and Monterey Bay and these like stunning waves and someone goes, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of whale breaches recently. And you're about to hit, you know, from a perfect lie, the 135-yard shot that you're just like, I, I might hold this out. Uh, it's just all surreal. Is it hard, Mark, to be business-like? So for those that are listening that don't know, I mean, your weeks are basically on the Corn Ferry Tour, even at like you know, the Asian tour, they're relatively robotic. You know what you're going to do on Monday. You know what you're going to do on Tuesday. You know Wednesday's usually rest or whatever your normal schedule is. Is it hard to come out here and go like, hey, I got to look at what areas are, you know, are no, you know, can't go there. Is it, do you have to like kind of take that veil off of it of how amazing it is and still have that workman like, like, hey, I got to figure out these greens and I got to figure out the sand and those kind of things. Is it hard to really break into work mode? And, and not just go like, holy shit, this is unreal. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think you would ask me, has it hit you yet? And we both both asked each other that numerous times. But I don't think, I think if it does fully hit you what the moment means and the implications of it, it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. There's there's just too much. There's too much weight that it could possibly bring. And, uh, and I think you know, these next couple of days, you know, we've, we've had our days now and tomorrow will be, uh, we've got a boys and girls club pro-am back here. And then we have two practice round days in the tournament. But I think, you know, le leading up to those days, yes, we want to enjoy ourselves, but we don't want to get so lost in the holy shits and the you know, this is so incredible and man, isn't tour life great? We want to appreciate those things. We don't want to put too much stock into them because at the end of the day, 
I don't want to be standing over any shot out there and think it is too important. Yeah. And I think that is the formula for success this week is that we have three days of competitive golf. And if you really think about it, no one shot means that much in the scheme of, you know, three days, a cut, and then a fourth day. And so I just want these to be shots like today were shots, like yesterday were shots, just individual opportunities that you sum up over the course of four days. Um, so yes, it's, there is going to be like somewhat of a transition here shortly between holy shit to let's get to work. Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, Monday is usually the start of a tournament week. We have been lucky enough to come out and play Saturday and Sunday. So tomorrow is actually the official start of the week. So we're a little ahead of the curve from that standpoint. So let's talk just strictly golf courses. We played Spyglass yesterday, Monterey Bay today. For someone who hasn't been out here, how do you describe the conditions and the views and the greens and the service and everything to someone who, us included, would never be able to play here if it wasn't for great help or this event? It's heaven. It's just the best piece of land I've ever seen uh, on the, you know, are these the best courses you've played world. in your life? Spyglass moved very quickly to the top of my list yesterday. And this was the most enjoyable walk, uh, as enjoyable as any walk around a golf course I've ever been on. So how would you describe it? It's just everything's so perfect. And this is, you know, I've, I've played a lot of places and I think I appreciate golf architecture more than the average golfer. And this just seems like uh, everything's so ideal. All right. How do, I mean, how did you view the last two days? Yeah, I mean, today I we, we've played with members. Uh, we played with a, a regular caddy yester, yesterday. And we played with some members today at Monterey Bay. So there's been a lot of conversation that's been great. I don't know what happened, but I probably, I was far right with my tee shot, which happened a, a fucking lot today. Uh, and I was just walking alone and it was along the coast. And I looked out at the ocean and like, I was like, I'm on the Truman Show, basically. It's like a simulation. I said to Colt on the way, is like, if you had a video game, like a golf architecture video game, you would build this place. Mm -hmm. You would be like, this is a video game. This is the place I would build. Like the ocean and the views and your tees like way up in the sky overlooking and downhill par threes. Like this is the course you would build in a golf architecture game. Like we've all driven, drawn, or a lot of us have drawn golf holes in the back of napkins and like, oh, hey, I would do this and that. This is what you would draw, mm -hmm. this place. Mm -hmm. And even if a golf course didn't exist here, I just think that if everyone had the chance to just walk along that road that runs along some of the holes, just take a walk. There would, if, if literally everybody on the planet just lined up and just walked down it, there would be so much less anger in the world. I think a lot of things could, could yeah. actually be solved and just people would be much happier. It, it's, you just, you feel like you're in a meditative state, just being present in the place that we are. Let's talk quickly about goals. 
do you have set goals, Mark? Like, hey, I got to make the, not got to, I want to make the cut. That's a goal or whatever. Or do you just like, hey, I want to be hitting the ball good come Thursday. And what happens What ha- is, ha- is what happens. Obviously, I mean, I haven't set any goals yet, but uh, obviously I would, I would like to just play the very best to the very best of my ability. And I think the most important thing is process for me. And you hear that a lot. That's a very cliche thing for an athlete to say, but it's because it's the only thing you can really control. I can't control, like I didn't play very well today. I can't control, but I didn't do really anything different today than I did yesterday. And I played well yesterday. You can't control the outcome. You can't control, you know, a lot of your flights. You can't control your bounces. Um, all you can do is, is come in and do what you've prepared to do, which is, you know, see your shot, stick to your process, have one very small kind of swing key that you're working on. Um, and again, not put too much emphasis or importance on any one individual shot. And the most important thing, I think goal-wise, that is very much in my control is just to have a great time and have a lot of fun because I think that directly translates to a great mental state, a positive outlook, and there's no question that that helps outcome. Awesome. So just want to thank Good Walk Coffee. Um, Mark's a drinker. I'm a drink. I'm a, let me try that again. Mark drinks Good Walk Coffee. I do. Obviously, I've talked a lot about how important it is to my wife. Um, all of, all of, I mean, we have so many people to thank, but Good Walk are the kind of companies that have built this account and has got me to this point. It's not possible without them. So uh, goodwalkcoffee.com. Use the promo code FIREPIT. Get a subscription and you get a free Monday Q-Towel. They're awesome people. Chris is awesome. Um, They've just been super supportive of me. And uh, yeah, go check them out. Uh